Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, dear ones, and uh, welcome to another magnificent Monday. As much as I'm trying to get uh, more of these episodes in during the week, the schedule seems to be getting a little bit daunting, and as a result, maybe Monday morning is the only time I get to record these podcasts, but the goal is to try to get the frequency more and the duration less. We'll try to conclude our Developing Leaders for Global Philanthropy today. Uh, We did episode one where we talked about the history of philanthropy, the why and the how, talking about the condition, the cause and the concern. And then we went into the second component, which was creativity and commitment. And we talked about commitment ad nauseum. Today, we'll try to add the components of the contribution you'll make, the confluence that you will try to uh, join, and the calculation of how you will evaluate your own benchmarks as you develop leaders for global philanthropy. As I was listening to my own uh, voice as I was driving down to Houston on Saturday, I realized that I had made a boo-boo in the commitment component. I equated kamikaze pilots with something that the Germans did. And even though I meant Japanese, I don't think I actually uh, went back and corrected that. But yeah, kamikaze pilot originated in World War II as a component of what the Japanese did. And these were quote-unquote suicide missions. So when you hear the statement, someone is as committed as a kamikaze pilot on his 39th mission, obviously he is not committed. Now, today we're going to continue with this concept of how do you develop. Again, the components we added were the conditions, the place and the problems that you deal with, the cause, the reasons and the restrictions, the concern, the attitudes and assessments, the creativity, the plans and protocols, the commitment, the decision and the direction. The last three C's that we're going to deal with are the contribution, the sources and the resources. We ended last podcast, and I recommend you go back and listen to all three in continuity so you get a flavor for what we do and how we do it. But when you look at contribution, the sources and the resources, uh, there are two components to being philanthropic, to starting a foundation, to having a trust, to giving of other people. The sources that you're going to draw from are going to be as uh, clever as if uh, you were dealing with something that uh, you're just creating out of a vacuum. For example, when I began this journey, I realized that my talent lay in communicating and my ability to be a marketplace uh, person overwhelmingly uh, supported the cause that I would always have a job. Now, sometimes people go into full-time missions, full-time ministry, full-time philanthropy. They join nonprofit organizations. They have to raise their own money, go to other places. That's all well and good. But within the confines of the biblical text, I fell in love with the Book of Acts model of being a tent maker by day and making my tents and selling them, whether I was a tent maker or a fisherman or whatever. I wanted to have a trade that would feed my family 
And as a result of that, I would be able to put away something or use those skill sets to participate in this process of giving to whom much is expected, much is, to whom much is given, much is expected. So my contribution, the sources were, I always said that I would work in the corporate sector, and if I impressed the corporate sector enough, maybe some of them would see my philanthropic work as an extension of what I was doing, and as a participant in their own profitability, they would allocate some of their resources towards my uh, work so that it would achieve a greater good. I've authored programs called From Profit to Purpose, where I taught stewardship to corporations from the very get-go and how you build that culture of giving within your people. Now, there are others who have different methods and methodologies, but that's what I mean by contribution. If you want to develop yourself as leaders and others as leaders for this concept of participating in the greater good of global philanthropy, the, dis- the sources and the resources are vital because resources dry up very quickly. Sources dry up very quickly if you're not consistent. Now, I'm grateful that some of the sources that uh, were began with me 10 years ago are still sources that I draw on, but they have to see the consistency in how you deliver, which means you have to understand that there is a way, a lifestyle and all that, the optics matter, People who give to you have to realize that you're a good steward, that you're frugal with their resources, that you're not lavish for the sake of being lavish. And you're not trying to change your identity and your persona to fit into some game. Now, there are people who work in those kind of foundations. Uh, It's not a day will go by when you don't open the newspaper and you see that someone was arrested or indicted for embezzling funds. Uh, You know, Mother Teresa was uh, notorious for having told her people that you have to take a vow of poverty if you're going to serve the poor. And 90 plus percent of what we get has got to go out towards service and not living on. A good gauge of thumb is less than 10% of what you take in should be for administrative costs. If you have a bigger mission, maybe you can go up to 18 and 20%. But there are some foundations which spend 70 to 80% of what they take in on the lifestyles they live and where they go and the other 20% putting on events so they can raise the other 80%. And that cyclical nature will very soon be found out. But more importantly, If you have the notoriety to pull it off, more power to you, but that actually violates the very tenet. When you go to serve the least of these, uh, when you go into the prisons, when you wash the feet of people in the, the remote parts of the world, you have to be bent at the waist to the degree that you are respectful of the sources that have given you the money and you are a constant guard of the resources that you're entrusted with. That's the contribution. The confluence is the agents and agencies. Don't try to reinvent the wheel all the time. People always ask me this question, you know, I have this great idea and I want to go and do this thing in this particular geographic area because the Lord spoke to me or I have the feeling that my ability will make that work. First thing you have to ask yourself is, are there people, agents already on the ground? Remember, there is Malcolm Muggeridge's famous words where there is no new news. It's just old news happening to new people. Just because you have an idea that you want to solve a problem or build an app or create a content doesn't mean it's not been done before or tried in some way. There are very few ideas under the sun that are so brand new that uh, will be lightning in a bottle and you'll create that blue ocean strategy. 
That doesn't mean they don't exist. They do exist, but that's lightning in a bottle. It's very rare. Look at the agents and agencies already in play. Look at the people already on the ground. Ask yourself that if you can amalgamate some of your intellect alongside that which already exists. That's why I call it the confluence. It's where rivers meet together to create a new source and a new force, and as a result, a new destination. This past weekend, uh, I made the effort to go down to Houston about three years ago or four years ago. I began to follow the teachings of a man by the name of Dr. James Tour. Dr. James Tour, if you go online, you'll find that he's an eminent scientist, many patents to his name, many citations, which means he's been referenced as an authority in the field of chemistry. They say over 100,000 people have used his research and his uh, methodologies to uh, actually augment their own work. So one of the things I realized was in the construct of science and faith, something I run across when I do my own itineration, when I go into some of the countries, I run into some of the erudite scholars, people who come from the academy, who represent the field of academia. These are people who are intellectually far more superior than me. And when I bring some of the basic constructs of what I'm trying to teach, I sometimes run into this buzzsaw of does science validate my faith? Now, I do think it does, and I cannot go from authority to authority and just say the Bible says so. And that naivety may work in some areas, but I have to look at the agents and agencies that are already spectacular in this space. So whether it's Dr. Henry Schaefer from Georgia or Dr. John Lennox from Oxford or Kadeem Stewart from Rice University in Houston, I had to go out of my way to start reaching and researching these people and asking myself, what are they doing? And is there any way I can get on the ground floor to begin to understand how they do it just as a fly on the wall? Some years, uh, about six months ago, I ran into a gentleman by the name of uh, Bruce Gore, who's got a brilliant channel on YouTube. He's a retired lawyer who taught Sunday school and philosophy, and he's got hundreds of lectures on YouTube. I fell in love with his style. I fell in love with his teaching. But then I realized I needed to reach out for my own complacency, for my own confidence, and ask myself, is this the kind of person I would want to reference? So the first thing is, reach out to them and see the consistency. Well, he responded right away. He was very gracious when I told him that I really loved his teaching style. And could I just periodically just send him a note to get that, to get that confidence or get that, that mentorship going? When I drove down to Houston to meet Dr. Tour, he was amazed. He says, I can't believe you drove all the way down to Houston. And then I have a small video of him leaning, uh, kneeling behind me and praying for me. And I thought to myself, this man is so academically gifted. He's so highly cited. He is so affluent in terms of the circles he roams in. I'm just a small person. But that's when I began to realize that that's the kind of confluence you want to augment your knowledge, to experience, to make sure that your experiences are validated and that you have integrity when you speak. Because when you talk about these people, are they really practicing what they preach? He invited me down to his church. I sat in the front row with him at the church he's been going to for 23 years. Then he asked me to attend the Bible study he taught that is watched all over the world. Then he drove me to his house. We had a cup of tea. He drove me back to the church. 
So even though the drive time to Houston was four plus hours, coming back was four plus hours, I had to spend the night in a hotel there. That was a confluence I'll remember forever because that four hours cemented in me the desire to continue doing what I do. And now adding the layer of science and faith, realizing that I can reach into the archives of his own work completely with the confidence that I've actually met him. And I'm confident that he, he is an agent of God and his agency is one that glorifies God. So the condition is the place and the problems. The cause is the reasons and the restrictions. The concern is the attitudes and assessments. The creativity, the plans and the protocols. The commitment, the decision and the direction. The contribution, the sources and the resources. The confluence is the agents and agencies. And finally, the calculation, the evaluation and the examination. How are you evaluating the work that you're doing? How are you evaluating whether you have been a good steward of all these things? Remember, the goal was developing leaders for global philanthropy. We came up with a formula. We looked at its history, its historicity. But the benchmark of your effectiveness is not just the consistency of doing it or the commitment to get to do it, but the calculation of whether you have been a good steward. Now, I've been doing marketplace work and overseas missions and reaching into the disenfranchised parts of the world for going on 30 years. My ministry, which I founded in 2008, is Mala Ministries, M-A-L-A Ministries, malaministries.org. Go to the website, see our footprint. We're not a big foundation in terms of what we take in, but our footprint has been vast in terms of the number of countries we have engaged in the number of scholarships we have built, the actual sanctuaries we financed, uh, the causes we gave to, the conferences we funded, the resources we put together. Now remember, I do this part-time, but the evaluation was for the first 10 years, I wouldn't take a dime for it, and if the good Lord blessed it and its endeavor, then I would rely on my marketplace earnings to keep that living going. After 10 years, people saw that we were consistent, Some of them underwrote a little contribution and said that because you have not asked for anything, we would like to reward you with this. The goal was never that we would arrive at that point where someone would reward us. The goal was always built on that principle that Mr. Ziegler gave me and the world. You can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. So as you begin this journey, as you begin to understand the steps you want to take, please reach out to us. I'm just a phone call away. I talk to almost everybody who would call me. I respond to all my emails still by myself. And if I can't get to you, someone will. But as you develop yourself and others for the cause of this world, remember this. There are 8 billion people on planet Earth right now, but there's only one you. Every night, 4 billion people are going to bed hungry for food, but a larger number than that are going to bed hungry for a word of encouragement, someone to reach down to the depths of their chaos and their despair and lift them up. This is where you're going to stand in the gap. This is where you're going to look at where the good Lord has called you. This is where you're going to devote some of your passion and your pursuit and your purpose. And always... One of the things I learned from Dr. Tor as we were sitting in that Bible study in his classroom upstairs in the gym, he looked down at a bunch of students and simply said this. He said, generosity of spirit is just that. It's generosity of spirit. 
But the very seat you're sitting in listening to this lesson may make you skeptical, but the chair in which you sit was invested in 50 or $60 about 20 years ago with the idea that one day someone like you would be able to sit in it. The floor on which you stand, someone else had to invest in it to have that space available so that 20 years down the road, other people can learn. No matter where you are in your station, remember this. You can do something, small or big, but don't do it for the moment. Do it because someone did it for you. The very reason you're listening to this podcast or the very reason you're listening or going through any part in your life is because many years ago, someone decided that you would be worthy of that information and you would be a valued, valid conduit to receive it. So pay it forward. Practice the principles of future skill attitude. Don't do it because you get to do it. Don't do it because you want to do it. Do it because somewhere down in the deep dark, uh, deep depth of your own heart, you know that 20 years, 25 years down the road, someone else will benefit because one day you decided to develop yourself and others to be leaders for global philanthropy. So that's a wrap on volume three of this mammoth undertaking. Please go back and listen to all three and ask other people to listen to them. Until next time, this is your humble host, Chris Dunham, saying good luck, God bless, and we'll see you down the road. And that concludes another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose with Chris Dunham, brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com, where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.